0: So you may be wondering what the four C's of Perfect Shopping Experiences are and I'm going to tell you right now. The first one is Clarity. The second one is Communication. The third one is Culture. And the fourth one is Conscience, Clarity, Communication, Culture, and Conscience. So in a previous episode, we talked about the four S's of the perfect shopping experience, which is the stores, the shelves, the sales, and the service. And so it's very important to talk about perfecting those things, but then you ask yourself the question, well, how do I perfect those things? How do I, how do I make those things happen automatically on autopilot? And so the answer to how to actually execute the four S's, is by practicing the four C's. And so there's a difference there. The execution of the four S's involves the actions that your people take to perfect their stores and their shelves and their sales and their service. And the way that you get them to execute the way that you get them to execute on the four S's is by practicing the four C's. So what is the difference in execution and practice in the way that I'm speaking to you right here? The difference is that when you execute, you're performing a task or a function. When you practice, you're doing the work that lays the foundation for execution. So the practice lays the foundation from which the execution can happen. The practice, the four C's, create the foundation, a solid, stable foundation from where the four S's can be executed consistently and accurately and reliably to deliver those perfect shopping experiences. And so let's take them one at a time. The first C is clarity. So what do I mean by clarity? Well, before a leadership team ever asks anyone to do anything, that leadership team must be 100% clear on what it wants and really on two different things. What results is it trying to achieve and what actions does it want people to take? What beliefs does it want people to hold? What experiences does it want to deliver to their associates? Such that the associates gain from those experiences certain beliefs and the associates take actions based on those beliefs. And that's how we install a culture. By creating experiences that change beliefs that cause actions. Sorry for all the bounciness here. It is a truck. And so... We take all of the above as a leadership team and we create a strategic plan, a playbook of where are we right now? What are our current results? What does that look like? How do we measure it? What are we monitoring? What are we measuring? What what can we quantify into facts? Those facts that we have that we can use as a baseline, for improvement in the future. So we have a set of facts and we, as good or bad as they are, they're neither good nor bad. Actually, they're just the facts. It's what it is. And a lot of times as leaders, we don't like to look at the facts if they're not good in our opinion. So sometimes we hide from the facts. So what I'm saying is get the light on and drag them out from under the bowl, put them on the table and look at those facts. What are your current results? and get clear on what are your current results. And from that point, and only that point, is it possible to project into the future what results do you desire to have? Because if we're dealing in, in, in darkness and fantasy and unknowns and people are uncertain about the current results, well, how, how, can, you, how can you... I mean, come on, man. How can you really improve? But by taking the light and shining it on the current results and putting numbers to those results and figuring out what is the end game? Is it sales? Is it margin? Is it traffic? Is it customer satisfaction? Is it net promoter score? Is it number of add-on sales? Is it sales per square foot? Is it sales per season? What are you driving at? What will most help you to accomplish your goals? And by the way, part of clarity is what are your goals? And your goals cannot be to make more money. Your goals must be personal. Those goals must touch you personally and, and, and stir emotions. Is it to provide for your family, to provide a retirement for your family, to provide for them, and God forbid, the event something happens to you? Is it so you can take more vacations? Is it so you can spend more time at home? Is it so you can get your kid the piano lessons they've been asking for? Because. If, if it's not that personal to you, if it's not something that you want so bad, it's just really not worth the effort to get your margin from 26% to 28%. I mean, really, who cares? Unless that's connected to a belief that once the 28% occurs, that you're going to be able to get your kid those piano lessons. All of this clarity must take place before you ever try to communicate. So you're clear on what you want, you're clear on why it's personal to you, you're clear on your current results, you're clear on your future results, and you're clear on the gap. You're clear on the difference. And so the next thing you need to get clear on is the path. The path to get you from where you are to where you want to be. And when you achieve clarity of the path, then and only then should you communicate anything to your retail associates as far as how you want them. To act as far as what you want them to believe as far as the experiences you want to lead them to and the reason for that is if you communicate mixed messages they're not going to do anything it's going to result in chaos if you communicate the wrong messages you're going to take probably one of your highest expenses your, your payroll expense and you're going to shoot yourself in the foot with it because you're going to pay these people to do something that's counterproductive to the goals you're trying to achieve so Once you achieve this crystal clarity on everything that I spoke about before, then and only then is it time to begin practicing the next C. And the next C is communication. And so your clarity must be distilled into very simple messages that you can repeat again and again and again. Things that are easy to remember, And it must be over-communicated. It must be over-communicated time and time and time again, because by the time you're so sick of saying it that you wanna throw up, that's the first time your retail associates are hearing it. And by the time they're hearing it so many times that they wanna throw up, that's when you got your message across and not before. And so you can say, I want you to greet every customer within 10 feet and within 10 seconds. Anything is gonna happen? No. And you're going to go home, and you're going to tell your wife, you're going to tell your husband, I'm so frustrated because I know that I want every customer greeted within 10 feet and within 10 seconds, and it's not happening. I'm so frustrated I can't make it happen. Why can I not get these human beings, these smartest animals on the planet, these, these, these very intelligent people, why can I not get them to do a simple thing like greet every customer in 10 seconds and 10 feet? And I'll tell you the reason why. The reason why is you haven't said it so many times that you're sick of saying it, and you haven't said it so many times that they're sick of saying it. So they might hear it, and they're going to apply a belief to it that, oh, that's not important. At my last job, I said 20 seconds or 20 feet, and that's the first thing I learned, so I'm sticking with it. You know, this 10-foot and 10-second thing, I don't know about that. And so you've got to figure out not only ways to say it so many times that you're both sick of hearing it, but you've got to figure out ways to change those beliefs. And to go back to that example, if somebody has a deeply held belief that customers are going to be offended if you approach them from 10 10 feet, that you must approach them from 20 feet, then you can say, I want you to greet people from 10 feet all the time. And maybe if you're watching them and they know you're watching them, they're going to do it. But short of that, they're not going to do it because they don't believe that's the right thing to do. So what have you got to do? You've got to figure out a way to change your belief. Now, how you change their belief is is a very detailed science. But what it means, or how you do it, how you go about it, is by changing their experiences and the way you change their experiences, is you demonstrate the behavior so that they can see how it's working. You demonstrate the behavior so that they can see you believe it. You get clarity with your leadership team that you're going to be cohesive and you're not gonna work against each other and that the entire leadership team is going to do this inside your corporate office that anytime somebody walks up to you in your corporate office within 10 feet of you, you will greet them within 10 seconds. And anybody who comes to that corporate office sees that behavior, and your store managers see that behavior. And when you go do store walks, you act that way, and you encourage your store managers to act that way, and you ensure that your store managers are training your associates to act that way. And the most effective way to do this, the easiest way to do this, is with cloud-based video training in three to five minute chunks. And the reason for that is every single shift, every single associate, every single time, they're going to hear this repeated until that message sinks in. And that's the only thing you're going to train until that message sinks in. And maybe the next one is you say, my pleasure, not no problem. My goodness, no, are are you kidding me? It better not be a problem. I'm paying you my money and and you're acting like you did me a favor. You did not do me a favor when I come into your store and I buy something. I did you a favor. So when I say thank you for doing you a favor, I do not expect to hear no problem. I expect to hear my pleasure. And so you train that and you train that and you create that experience and you over communicate that. And so really what we're doing here is we're building a culture. And that's the third C, is the culture. And so the culture is a culture of accountability, not the kind of accountability that, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble because I didn't front and face, I'm going to get reprimanded or disciplined. So it wasn't me who did it. It was Johnny. Or it wasn't me. It was because of the weather. Or it wasn't me. It was because we had a rush. Or it wasn't me. It was because we were down on staff. That's not the kind of accountability that I'm talking about. The kind of of accountability that I'm talking about right now is the kind of accountability where you take it upon yourself and you say to yourself, that needs to be fronted and faced. And I'm the closest person to it. And whether it's my job or not, I'm going to start fronting and facing it. Because of the S, because of the perfect S, the first and the second S. You want a perfect store that has perfect shelves, and if you're accountable, if you've heard those messages, if you've ingrained those beliefs, that it is important to you to have a perfect store, and it's important to you to maintain perfect shelves, that if you see a hole on that shelf, or you see the products have been bought off of the shelf, exposing the products behind it that need to be front and face, you can just make yourself accountable. You don't wait for somebody to tell you to do it, you fix it, you see it, you solve it, you do it, you own it, you fix it. And so to build that culture, you need a list of fundamentals. And I'll tell you how to make the list of fundamentals. It's really easy. Sit down with a legal pad and write out the top 20 to 30 to 40 things that piss you off inside your stores. That piss you off inside your stores. Every time you walk in a store and you see it, you're like, mm, again, how many times do I have to say, keep it front and face, keep the displays full, keep the expired product out of the, the frozen case, keep the rounders full. I mean, keep, keep the jewelry case full, right? Keep the fingerprints off the jewelry case, whatever it is, these 20 or 30 or 40, or maybe even 52, how about 52? Because we're going to talk about a weekly thing here. Come up with a list of 52 things that are consistently being done incorrectly in your stores. And then take that list and turn it into a list of fundamentals. And we're going to call this the Fundamental of the Week. And then for each one of these fundamentals, you're going to write a little essay. What you're going to do is you're going to say, Fundamental number one, keep the fingerprints off. Or it's important to keep a sparkling jewelry case. And so what does that mean? Well, that means we keep all the fingerprints off. We keep all the the dust off. We keep all the smears that people put on it. We're careful not to mess it up ourselves, but not so careful that we're going to make customers feel uncomfortable because they're going to touch it and it's a part of doing business and we're going to be happy that they're, they're touching it because if they don't, then we're not going to have a job, right? So the customers can put their fingers all over it and that's fine. We don't do that. And the minute the customer leaves, if there's not another customer to take care of, we're out with the Windex and the paper towels and we're getting the fingerprints off the case. Okay, so why do we do that? We always have to communicate the why. Why do we do that? Well, the reason that we do that is when the next customer comes up, if the case is all junked up with, with sneeze and drool and fingerprints or whatever, well, they're not gonna stop and wanna look at any jewelry. They wanna see a beautiful, brand new, sparkling jewelry case, okay? So then the next piece that you're gonna write is you're going to write, what does it look like when we get this right? And so what does it look like? Well, it looks like somebody who's walking by the jewelry case is very attracted by all the beautiful sparkling jewelry that we went to all the time, trouble and expense to buy that expensive case, buy the expensive lighting, buy the expensive displays and set all of those products in there so that they would catch their eye and, and they will be attracted and they will stop. And when they stop, they will be more likely to buy and we can engage them. We can approach them we can we can we can start on our seven steps of the retail sale so the case itself becomes a magnet that draws people towards a high margin item and therefore when we keep it clean our sales go up And so the thing to remember is we're always trying to get sales, we're always trying to get margin, we're always trying to get traffic, we're always trying to get conversions, and the cleaner we keep that jewelry case, the more it goes into those goals, the more it enables those goals, the more it fuels those goals. And so then the next piece that you're going to write is you're going to write what does it look like when we get it wrong okay so what does it look like when you get it wrong well people walk by and they see a filthy jewelry case and by the way it doesn't take a lot for people to to label it filthy a few fingerprints a few smudges somebody's trash and they're going to walk around they're not stopping there that's disgusting and they're going to move on and so when they move on what happens all the money that we spent to buy the expensive case all the money that we spent to buy the expensive lights all the money that we spent to buy the expensive displays and all the money that we spent stocking that case and staffing that counter are lost because we're not going to be getting the sales that we would have otherwise and so we're always trying to get this margin and this basket and 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 the conversions and the traffic and when we do not keep this case clean that works against all of those goals And so now you can see why it's so important. Okay, so you picked that as the fundamental of the week, and what do you do? You launch that into your video drip training system so that every shift, every time, every associate is about to hit the floor, they spend three minutes hearing what I just said, or what you just said, or what whoever just said. And they hear it over and over and over, and they hear it five times. They're required to listen to it five times. You might change your email signature to remember to keep the jewelry case clean. Every time you have like a sales meeting or you you have a role-playing session, you do have role-playing sessions, right? You do pull your associates into your back room and role-play with them, right? If you don't, that's coming in a future podcast. Whenever you talk to your associates, you remind them, especially if they're the ones who uh, are responsible for keeping the jewelry case clean, you remind them that that jewelry case must be clean. And so you do that and you do that and you do that. And, and by the time you get to the end of the year, you've, you've talked about things like teamwork and you've talked about things like help, you know, solving the entire problem to make a sale. And you've talked about the importance of traffic and basket and margin. You've talked about the importance of see it, solve it, own it, do it. You've talked about the importance of, of, of accountability, of being accountable to yourself, to your associate, to your, to your peers, to your store, to your company, and to your customers. And so what happens is the culture begins to change because these experiences are changing the beliefs and the beliefs are changing the actions. And all of a sudden, just like in any other social and social environment, there are certain actions that are good that make you part of the group and make you feel comfortable and welcome. And there are other actions or lack of actions make you feel bad. And that makes you not part of the group or not welcome in the group. And over time, what you find out is that your culture attracts and retains the right people. And encourages those who don't fit to self-select out. And the number of people who you're hiring who, who succeed goes up and the number of people you're hiring who fail goes down. And of those who fail, the number that you actually have to fire goes down dramatically because before it gets to that point, they've already figured out. They don't fit in a culture that says, if you've got time to lean, you've got time to clean. Uh, they, 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 they signed on because they wanted to lean, not because they wanted to clean and you didn't figure it out in the interview or your store manager didn't figure it out in the interview. They get into your culture and everyone around them is cleaning instead of leaning and they figure out, you know what? I don't fit here. I'm out. And, and thank God. That's one less lawsuit you have to worry about. It's one less unemployment hit you have to take. It's one less workers' comp thing you might have had to take. It's one less FMLA thing you might have had to take. It's one less uh, protected whatever thing that you have to take. I mean, it's like if you're if you're not comfortable here, leave. And so this happens because of the culture. And so so let's review real quick. We talked about the clarity. We talked about the communication. We talked about the culture. Now. It's time to talk about the conscience and the conscience is where all of this comes together because I talked earlier about people being self-accountable. Okay. Let's talk about what is that? That's a conscience. Self-accountability is a conscience. My conscience won't let me walk past that shelf without fronting and facing it. My conscience won't let me step over that trash without taking it out. My conscience will not let me ignore the fact that Jimmy is stealing products when he takes out the trash. My conscience will not let me let a customer serve themselves even though I'm tired and I want to go home. And when you, can, when you can change the conscience of the collective staff of retail associates such that their conscience will not let them, a customer, leave the store without fully solving the customer's problem with as many high-margined add-on products as that customer wants. When you can change the conscience so that an associate will not step over something dangerous in your store, will not let expired meats and in your case will not let fingerprints remain on that glass then you have created a system that will enable you to not have to spend all your time walking your stores and saying the same things to people who are never going to change because you know what you don't need to change them because you did the work you did the work and what is the work it's the practice of the four c's and so they did change and so now when you walk your stores, they're right. Now, when you walk your stores, there's no list of 52 things that are, that are pissing you off. There, there's going to be a short list. i you know, it, life is not perfect and things are still going to go wrong, but the, the dramatic difference in how short that list is will astound you. It will astound you, but you have to do the work. You have to do the work. You have to do the work, you have to practice the four C's. And you have to practice the four C's as the foundation of delivering the four S's. You have to practice clarity and communication and culture and conscience in order to pull off the stores, the shelves, the sales and the service. Let me say that again, you have to practice every day the clarity and the communication and the culture and the conscience in order to pull off the stores, the shelves, the sales and the service. And what does that get you? Perfect shopping experience, consistently perfect shopping experiences. And what does consistently perfect shopping experiences get you? It gets you increasing traffic, increasing conversions, increasing basket, increasing margin. And what do those things get you? Increasing time with your family, increasing income, increasing retirement, increasing vacations, increasing money left over at the end of the month. Well, that's all I got for you today. I'm back at the office. I'm gonna go help some more people get and keep every store perfect.